0: I warned Vern before the sermon that if he, if he didn't remember when he was supposed to preach that I would have to come up here and introduce him, so um, so let me do that a second, let me pray for you Vern, let's not just introduce you, but um, Father God, we ask this morning for a blessing on your word, we thank you for the work that Vern has done to prepare it uh, to listen to you and reading, listen to your spirit reading your word uh, and also to think and pray and prepare in sharing that with us. And so God we uh, we have seen and know that you are at work in the preparation and we look forward to hearing you speak to us through Vern this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to blame Sonia. She was talking to me. <laughs> Well, most of you know me, uh, I'm Vern McGee and I'm going to be an elder uh, again uh, after, I guess during the service, uh, we're finishing up with, with that uh, for the next three years. Um, I have been a teacher, I have coached for the last 32 years, I coach football and baseball and a year of wrestling um, and so I'm going to have a lot of sports analogies today, just just so you know. Um, even war. I never wear my coach's shirts to to church. Got one on today. Okay. Um, so I picked uh, a topic that I'm that I've talked about a lot. Fight the good fight. Um, you know. So as a coach, I, I twist things sometimes in this, and and I can, I can use a lot of stuff out of out of our text that we're going to have today uh, in my coaching. Um, you know, some of it. Uh, Some of it, again, I kind of twist a little bit for my athletes because I'm not supposed to use scripture with them because it's public education. Uh, But the concepts are really good. So whenever we go through this and and you see some of the things that that, that we're gonna read about, you can see how they work with coaching. Being faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know, we want our kids uh, that are athletes for us to to trust the teacher, okay, and the things that we're doing. And again, I had a kid one time that was looking in the stands um, and then he would do his own thing on the field. I'm like, what is he doing? He knows what to do. He was looking at his dad. His dad would tell him where he should go on this play. And uh, I didn't know that until my father said, why is that kid looking at his dad and his dad's giving him all these signs? Well, all right, we want the kids to trust us, okay? And trust what they've been taught. Um, Being prepared is something that is huge for athletics. You've got to be prepared. Um, and I'll talk more about that later when I get to that part. A good coach is going to understand, too, that you should patiently, patiently correct. Okay? A lot of coaches yell and scream because um, uh, there is a time to rebuke, but it doesn't mean that you have to, to do it in a negative way. Um, and encourage. Coaches are big, big encouragers. Okay? Um, keep a clean mind, excuse me, keep a clear mind in all situations. What a great quality for an athlete. You know, so we still add all the time, keep okay a clear mind in every situation that comes up because some of those situations win the game or no. Uh, Don't be afraid to suffer. Now, Paul wrote this, whenever we read this, understand that Paul wrote this and Paul, as we learned last week, which is amazing how God fit this in that Adrian talked about Paul last week, and I had no idea he was going to do that. Um, He suffered a lot. And athletes are going to suffer. When we run them to get them in shape, they are suffering. Um, so don't be afraid to suffer. Fight the good fight. The title of my sermon today is Fight the Good Fight. That's part of it. Um, and fully carry out, I changed it, fully carry out the mission that we set forth as an athlete, athletic team. Okay, it says ministry in the scripture. So we'll stick with that today. Uh, but again, as a coach, I can twist that a little bit and talk about the mission that we have. Um, and of course, finish the race. So many times people talk about finish the race, that fourth quarter, finish. finish, You know, we see that on TV, right? Yeah. They're talking about finishing the race. Uh, and then, um, of course there's that prize at the end. Okay. All great topics. I've, I've done some pregame speeches, some halftime speeches, of course, during the timeouts, coaching baseball, you know, they get together before they bat. You talk about that at the end. Come on, finish. We, got, we can do this. Go. Again, there's that, that positive thing all the time, trying to get those kids going uh, to finish. Today will be the first time I preach on it. All right. So we're going to preach today on fighting the good fight. So let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start With verse 14. I heard somebody getting online, okay. Second Timothy chapter three, okay, verse fourteen. But you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know they are true, for you can trust those who taught you. We have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood. And they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I solemnly urge you, In the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For the time is is coming when the people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires, and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid to suffer for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has been poured out as an offering to God the time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. These are the words of the Lord. So fighting the good fight, you know, it all starts with, well, first let's look at Paul. Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy is a second generation Christian. His mother and his grandmother uh, were Christians and they taught him the Holy Scriptures. And Paul is telling him to to trust what you have been taught from the Scriptures from your your parents um, and your your grandmother. Um, some of us here are blessed, just like Timothy, to have been second generation or, or longer Christians. And, and it's such a blessing to have your kids uh, grow up in a church so other people help you raise that child with scriptures, with, with Bible stories, um, with the preaching that comes from up here. And some people are so gifted at teaching that. And again, our kids and other kids were so blessed at that time to come through New Life Church and Miss Linda and, and eventually Brad, you know, had those kids and just made such a difference in their lives. And the teachers that we have here, okay, just have that calling to help those kids and it's such a blessing to parents to have a church, whatever church may, people may go to that have people that help them raise their kids to learn scripture so they become wise. Now, some people are like Paul, and you are not a second-generation Christian. Um, You know, Paul, as we all know, was one of the people that caused Christians to suffer before he turned to God. And and Paul had such a great influence on us as a person who wrote Scripture. Um, In either case, hearing the Holy Scripture is so important. It is so important that whoever is up here, Adrian most of the time, is teaching us biblical truth because Paul tells us that that is one of the things that's so important for us in gaining wisdom is to know the Holy Scripture. For us too, I heard somebody earlier before talking about their their Bible study starting up again. You know, that was one of the things that, that we missed, right? We couldn't get together and have our Bible studies. We've got to be in the scripture. So those small groups, those cell groups, uh, our children, Lynette, Lynette with the children, all that stuff is so important for us uh, to be into the word, to hear the word of God taught and preached to us. Parents, Mother's Day just finished, Father's Day coming up. And it's such a, a responsibility for us to teach our kids the Word of God so that they have the opportunity to have that wisdom. No inscription gives them the wisdom to, to receive the salvation through Jesus Christ. And that is our ultimate goal, is that they will know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It also helps us know what is right and what is wrong. Now, the wrong part sometimes is very difficult It's hard to see ourselves doing things that are wrong. But if we are in Scripture, we can see what is right. And God helping us, Holy Spirit helping us, we can sometimes see what we're doing that is wrong. And I've talked to some people in this church, and I've talked to some people out of the church about, you've raised your kids to know the Lord. They know Scripture. But as a parent, you feel, I don't know if they're still following God. And I've had some conversations with some people that, that I think are wiser than I am, uh, older than I am, and we've, we've, we've talked about this because I've, I've had people talk to me about this before and I don't have a great answer. You know, and and this, the last person I talked to said, you know, the one thing that you can always do as, as parents, you're not sure that your kid is, is, is still following the Lord like you want them to. You never know what the Lord's plans are. The seed is there. They know scripture. They know truth. And so you just keep praying for them. You're already praying for them. You just keep praying for them. You just keep loving them. Because if you try to take it too far the other way with negative stuff, again, it's going to turn them off. God will put somebody else in there to help you. Just so just keep loving him. Stay faithful to praying for them, and it'll, it'll be okay. And I know that's hard to say, and again, I don't have great answers, and I've looked for, for wisdom in that uh, with people that, have, that we've talked about this as a topic. Wisdom comes through scriptures, and it says that all scripture is God-breathed. A lot of authors in the Bible, Paul being one of them, one of them he's, he, he wrote a lot of books in the Bible for us, and it's all God-breathed. The wisdom that we need, got to find where I put it, the wisdom that we need is, is here. We just have to be in the Word. When we have questions about what's going on, we need to be in the Word. We can find it. In order to fight the good fight, we have to spend time in the Scripture. And not just reading it to, to read the Bible through, because that's what I want to do, is read the whole Bible through, but read it with a purpose. You have a question and and you want answers? Start digging. Look for it. Um, We need to know what is right and what is wrong so that we can have wisdom. And we have that wisdom and God gives us that and equips us so that we can go do good work for the Lord. We have a calling to do. We have a calling to go out and, and preach. And I'm jumping ahead of myself here. I'm skipping over my notes. <laughs> Chapter four talks about being prepared. So there's a couple things that we just went through. We've got to hear God's word. People teaching it. You know, for us here at New Life Church, most of the time that is Adrian. It could be the Go Gang, whoever is in charge of Go Gang. It could be your Bible study group, whoever's leading that. Whatever it is, you've got to hear God's word. I know my parents' health is bad, and so they don't get out anymore, but they're always watching different programs where somebody is preaching. Um, you know, I go over and I, and I try to help out, and, and again, they've always got a sermon on. It's, it's great to see. Um, again, they can't get there, so they are doing the best they can to hear the word all the time. Now, being prepared in athletics is huge, it's so important. And I, by the way, if you notice the screen, it's got football diagrams on it. I don't know what play that is, uh, but my defense would stop it. Okay? <laughs> um, um, you know, being prepared. Speaking of that, when I was a young coach, defensive coordinator, we went up and played Farmington. I can still remember this. We go up and play Farmington, and we prepared for this... Uh, throwing offense and you know this quarterback was throwing it all over the place and so we had this defense all set up ready to go and we got to the game they didn't throw the ball one time they ran the option at us we were not prepared so I had a philosophy after that my teams would be prepared for every offense that anybody could run at us during two days I hate two days by the way two days um Before we could put pads on, we would line up and we would say, this is a formation, this is how we're going to line up. If they come in this formation, we needed to be prepared for it never happened again. Uh, Try to convince our new defensive coordinator that I'm working for now to do something like that. No, he wants control. Okay, but for me, I needed to have that so that my kids had a chance against everything that we saw. Now, being prepared to lift it in the offseason, so important, which they're not getting right now. Uh, If you're a football player, speed work, agility drills, uh, all that stuff has to happen if they're gonna get better in the off season. During the season, of course, practice, 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 and not just go through the motion, but trying to make it as game-like as possible and trying to do things right every time. Watching film. At the end of my head coaching career, I just got so frustrated because the kids didn't watch film. And it drove me nuts. Um, And again, it was time to get out because it was driving me nuts. Um, But again, part of preparation is knowing what your opponents do, knowing what you do uh, to correct it from film. One of the biggest things, too, as a football player, as a baseball player, confidence. If you are not sure yourself, ability and preparation-wise, you will not be successful because you are not confident stepping onto the field. And so that was some stuff that, again, I preached to my players. So as Christians, how do we fight the good fight? How do we get prepared to share the good news? Because we have a calling that is to share the good news. So we've already talked about a couple of things we've got to do. We've got to hear sound biblical teaching, and we have to be in the Word. All the Bible is God-breathed. It is truth, it is wisdom that is here for us to find. In John 13, 34, and 35, it says this, I give you a commandment to love each other. Just as I love you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We need to be confident enough in in the scripture and what we've been taught to trust it and to be able to go love everybody that we meet. And sometimes that's difficult. We have difficult people in our lives. God puts them there, all right? and we need to love them as God loved us. Love them so much that people know we are disciples of Jesus. Paul urges us in chapter 4 to go out and preach. Be prepared in all situations. Now, I don't think that everybody here is a preacher, and I don't think we're all called to be preachers, but we have to be able to give our testimony to people. We have to be able to share the love that God has for them uh, through our actions, through the kind words that we use to, to each other. And one thing that I always told my kids, people are always watching. People are always watching. So those kind words have to be all the time. That love for other people has to happen all the time. In all situations right now, it's just crazy, isn't it? Thank you, Brenda, for making this nice mask for me. Who would have thought we would have had to wear masks? You know, six months ago, especially a year ago, we all have to have a mask everywhere we go because we might not be able to get in if we don't have it on. It took us away from being in the building to meeting together. But we prepared because we... I'm not able to, but other people smarter than me are able to videotape that and send it out to the church body. We overcome, we are prepared in all situations. You know, online school definitely was not for me. Sonia was having to type up all the responses that all the teachers did in the survey at the end of the year. She goes, I found yours. Yes, she did. I will never, ever do this again. It was horrible. Um, can you imagine PE teachers online? How are you supposed to do that? Oh, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. Crazy time. And Sonia of course has to work from home and so Lauren was had to do school from home. So all three of us on. I spent more time listening to Sonia's conversations with all the top brass people instead of doing all my work sometimes because it was more interesting. Um, but that was just a crazy time. You know, how do we how do we tell people the good news? of Jesus, when we don't see them. That was a crazy time. I'm so happy to be back in church, you know. I'm so happy that things are starting to open up, and you see more people now, and and we have family in town. I mean, how great is that, you know. I was, we were afraid that they weren't going to be able to come in, and now we can get together, and things are a little bit back to normal, but not all the way there, and now we can love on each other in person, you know, and some people had got out of work, and we were lucky enough that we, we stayed in work. You know, those people that lost their job, I mean, it's tougher at that point. I didn't have to go through that. I didn't suffer that. Others of you may have ha- suffered not having a job. You know, and some of you going back to work, that's a little scary. You know, you know, I would love to have gone back to the classroom, but I have other people I work with that there's no way. They were scared. You know, so we have both sides of that, and and, you, and I understand the other side of it. But no matter what God gives us, we need we can overcome it. We need to be prepared to to love other people somehow, some way, in every situation. Some of you, some of you too, we learned that Misty right now is in the hospital, um, and you know Misty is suffering, and we need to be there for her. Uh, again and it's hard because we don't get to be around everybody to see what's going on uh, but Misty we know will keep the faith even through her suffering we have a loving God and in all circumstances whatever the world throws at us it is our job to share the good news to love other people to the point that they know that we are Christ's disciples Now, part of verse two also talks about patiently correcting, rebuking, and encouraging. You know, there's so much wisdom in that for a coach. You know, as a football coach, I get a bad rap that always yelling and screaming. Um, And I've seen that, so I see why we get that. Um, But I've seen some really good coaches that aren't that way, that they are so Loving to their players, almost that father figure to their players, um, you know. And I always think of this as as a coach, it's, as a parent, you've got to correct them. As a coach, you have got to correct them. Um, you don't have to demean them, you know. As a parent, we don't want to demean our kids, and as a coach, it should be the same way. And of course, encourage. I mean, that is so important as a coach. I think one of the things as a coach, the really good coaches, they're psychologists. And they're also cheerleaders. you know. In game time for me, because I did prepare my kids to to change defenses as as they saw different formations, my, my biggest job was a cheerleader. And as they came off and they did something wrong, my biggest job was to lift them up so that they could do the right thing the next time out there. And I see that as Christians as well. Whenever it says that we need to correct each other, patiently correct each other, we need to rebuke, and we need to encourage. I don't think it's just for him. This is not for him. This is for us as well. You know, we've talked about this before. Some of the ways that you reach people is you get to know them. You know, some of our small groups, cell groups, you know, we're just meeting to meet and get to know each other. You don't have to have the Bible study. You know, get to know your neighbors. You don't have to have the Bible study with them. You just get to know them first so that you have that relationship with them. And then they see stuff about you that, that they like. As Christians, I think that is so important. As a church body here, when I'm doing something wrong, I would hope that somebody would come up, and I hope it's not Ed on the radio saying, hey, yeah, Coach McGee did this. No, that's not how you're doing. I would hope that somebody would come up and say, hey, Vern, what are you doing? I need to correct you on this. Just like best friends would do for one another. If you see them doing something that's going to harm them or that something that, that does not put them in a good light, that you would correct them in a loving way. Now, sometimes they don't listen to that, so you maybe have to go to a rebuke. Um, but I think the first way is the best way. Talk to them. Hey, you know, as going to be an elder... Okay, elders shouldn't be doing that. Let's figure that out real quick, okay? Don't announce it to the world. You don't announce it, like I said earlier, we don't want Ed knowing and putting it on the radio, all right? We need to encourage each other. You know, the really good football teams that I've had, some of the things that that I really noticed with them is they were so good at encouraging each other. Some of the teams that I had that weren't so good, there wasn't a lot of encouraging. Okay, it was probably the opposite side of that. All right? And as Christians, we have to be encourager. We need to be in each other's corner to help uplift each other so that we can all fight the good fight. We all have to be on the same page. So as Christians, in order to fight the good fight, okay, we understand that we have to be in Scripture. We have to hear good teaching. We need to trust that. We need to trust that. Because that's going to teach us what is right and what is wrong. And we need the confidence and we need the relationships so that we can correct each other, encourage each other. And we need to truly love each other. Because if we truly love each other, other people will notice that. And right now is a perfect time to see that being silent is not the answer. Um, one of my guests I didn't ask if I could use this so, so I won't use his name but one of my guests is a cop you know and so we've had conversations about this you know that guy should never have been a cop as long as he was those other people should not have kept quiet as Christians we need to learn from that if we see something that is not right we need to correct it we need to stand up for truth We need to stand up for right. We need to see what is wrong. And if we do that for each other, it's going to make our lives a lot better. As Paul points out in verse 1 of chapter 4, God and Jesus will judge us come the day of his return. A lot of people say, well, you don't wanna judge people. Well, I I do agree with that, I I hate when I have to rebuke somebody. It's not one of my favorite things. I certainly don't want to judge people. And correcting people and trying to advise people towards truth, I don't believe, is judging. We will be judged on the return of Jesus. For what we've done here. And we will leave that up to him. So being prepared gives, gives us the opportunity to understand Paul's warning coming up in verses three and four. Some people will not listen to sound teaching. They will follow worldly desires. They will look for teachers to tell them things that they want to hear so they can do whatever they want to do. That's my paraphrase. So they can do whatever they want. They will reject truth and follow after a miss. Man, did I see this my last four years of teaching. I was getting so frustrated with how people would treat each other. They're so mean. They got mean. People thought that they could say, anything they wanted at any time to anyone, and it was okay because people said it was okay because I have the the right of freedom of speech, and I can do whatever I want. And I I really didn't see a lot of that until the last few years, you know, and plus if you talk to them and you explain to them uh, that it's not right, most people would listen. I really struggled. (laughs) It was time for me to retire because I really, really struggled with how they had no empathy for people and how they, again, they just, it didn't matter if I was standing right next to them. They would just blurt things out. And my correcting them made no difference. They were justified. Their friends thought they were fine. Other adults said they were fine because they can do what they want because they live in the United Mm -hmm. States. Oh, I struggled. I struggled so it was time for me to retire since I retired three weeks ago. It seems like it was three months ago. Um, but it was three weeks ago and again it, it, it's something that, that I just I had to get away from i couldn't stand that negativity that was going on in order to fight the good fight, we need the wisdom the scripture provides us so that we can be aware. Of these false teachings, these worldly desires, these myths that are out there. And we can see what is right and hopefully what is wrong with us. And we can listen to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ when they question something that we might be doing. We need to be slow to anger if somebody's trying to help us out. We need to safeguard ourselves against all this stuff, and the only way to do that is to know truth in Scripture, hear good teaching that is biblical teaching, and we need to hold each other accountable and lift each other up. Now, as we get to verses 5 through 8, again, Paul, um, man, he would, he suffered a lot, you know, we covered that last week, but Paul went through a lot of stuff. Now, maybe he deserved it because he was someone who made a lot of other Christians suffer. And one of the things that Paul tells us in here is that we need to not be afraid to suffer for the Lord. He also tells us that we need to keep a clear mind in all situations. We need to tell all the others the good news of Jesus. We need to fully carry out the ministry that he has for us. Fight the good fight, finish the race, and then again receive the, the prize at the end. Now, coaching aspect, Adrian talked about this last week, that, he, that, that Paul was a little bit overconfident. We'll put it that way. I would have loved to coach Paul. I can deal with overconfident people. He would be the guy. Because he kept a clear mind, he suffered a lot. So he could handle suffering. And he kept a clear mind in all situations. He would have been the guy that I would have convinced to be my quarterback. Now, he probably would have wanted to be my quarterback anyway. As a defensive guy, I would say, I don't care you're the quarterback. You're also going to be my middle linebacker. It's just the way it is. Because I need you on the field because you're the man. And I want you on the field when the game's on the line. And if he was played baseball for me, he'd be my pitcher. He'd be the guy I wanted on the mound when the game's on the line. Bases loaded, nobody out, tie game, okay? In the bottom of the ninth, and we have to get three outs so that we can go to the tenth. He'd be the guy. He would be that guy I want. I would have loved to have coached Paul. One tough guy. Now, fighting the good fight as a Christian, we will suffer in the name of the Lord. I, I hope none of us think that life is ever going to be easy. Okay? Know, you know, we, we never tell anybody, right? Hey, God loves you and life's going to be easy once you become a Christian. We don't ever say that. Because we have to suffer for the Lord. Because people are going to question our beliefs. People are going to question you know, the love that you have towards somebody else. They, 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 they scare some people. But we will suffer. We know that Misty's been in the hospital. Others of you have health problems. Um, others of people that I know are battling cancer. We all have relationship problems at some point in some time. People have addictions. We will suffer. But we must keep a clear head in all situations. We must fight the good fight and remain faithful to spreading the good news no matter what comes our way, no matter what life it deals with deals us sometimes we can't explain the suffering you know i talked about some people that i've talked to that aren't sure about their their kids you know or they're not living right for god and they're worried about them and that's suffering for a parent and we can't explain it we don't know why uh, they they rejected truth and wisdom but we just got to keep fighting the good fight And let's not forget the job that we have. We have to spread the good news of Jesus. You know, for Adrian, it is preaching. But it's not only that. You know, he lives in a neighborhood where all those people watch him all the time. How is, how is he acting? We're the same way. You know, the people that we come in contact with at work and in the community, in our neighborhoods, do they see that we are disciples of God through how we love people? That's part of spreading the good news. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus who suffered for us, for our sins, for my sins, for your sins. He suffered a death on a cross. Lucky for us that then he arose again. And he is why we believe the way that we believe is because our God does, cannot be contained in a tomb he's in heaven right now. He's with us right now. God has given us a ministry that we must carry out. So what is that ministry? As a church family, we are the body of Christ. And we all have a role in the ministry. The ministry is to spread the good news somehow, some way, whatever we have as a church to come up with with Creating disciples to go out and spread the good news with all people. We all have gifts. One thing that you know, Adrian let us pick our own topic, and I was one of the things I was looking at was gifts, but we'll get that some other time. But we all have gifts. They all have to be a little bit different. So if again, sports analogy, which I love, I see the church body a lot like a team. Everybody has to have a different role in order for the church, the body of Christ, to succeed. You know, Adrian is our quarterback, who has the gift as being a pastor. You know, our worship team might be our running backs. You know, we got uh, all these people that that are part of our worship team, and they're our committee of running backs. Here we go. Let's get it done. I can't sing the lick. I would never be that running back. I can't do it. That's not my gift. You know the elders and the deacons. Maybe our job is to be the offensive line. I fit that description, I don't know if anybody else does, but but we would all have a role to do. You know, a lot of, at football field. There's 11 people on it at one time, but there's so many more people on a team. So many more people on a team. They all have their role to do. We all have our roles to do to spread the ministry of New Life Church. I've already talked about a preacher, okay, about the worship team. We have deacons. We have elders. We have ushers. We have teachers that lead the Bible studies. We have Lynette who leads our, our kids' teaching. Some of you, your, your gift is just to serve other people. Some of your gift is just you are prayer warriors. We have to have prayer warriors in our church you know, and some of you, again, just love people. And you will do whatever it is that you need to do. And you have that love all the time. And again, I already covered this servant heart where people just love to serve. We all have our roles. Now, we are prepared to fight the good fight and finish the race. Paul was in prison as he was writing this to Timothy. Paul knew he was going to die. Okay, he said, my death is there. He knew he was going to die. But God is still using him as he's writing this letter. He's writing another book of our, of our Bible that we have. Our, oops, so we're here. our Bible, our Holy Scripture. He's not done yet. He is not done with him yet. So it doesn't matter where we're at. If we are a student in school, if you are uh, in the workforce, if you are retired like I am, if you don't have a job right now, If you're working from home, you know, whatever the case is, God is using you where you are at. He gives us opportunities to spread the good news. No matter if you're a new Christian, which Paul was when he started his ministry, no matter if you're a second generation Christian, as Timothy was, God has work for us to do. No matter where we're at in our life, no matter how we got here, God is going to use us to fully carry out, fully carry out his ministry that he has given us to love others as he loved us. We are always fighting the good fight and now we have to finish the race and we see the prize at the end. That prize... As we all know, is that we are going to spend eternity with God in heaven. Because Jesus died for our sins, and we believe in Jesus. And as Adrian did this a long time ago, and I still remember it, as we are going towards sin and we stop and we turn, we repent and we go towards God. We look towards God. We have repented of our sins. We now can finish the good we can finish the race. We have fought the good fight and we receive the crown of righteousness that the Lord will give us on the day of his return. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, again, we just thank you for the love that you have given us, Lord. We just thank you for the grace that you show us all the time. Lord, you have created such a place for us to live, Lord, that we just thank you for that, Lord, that we have joy in our life just from your creation. We thank you for the friends And the family that you have given us, Lord, that that we can love, that we can share laughter with, Lord, that we can cry with, that we can lean on in times of, of need, Lord. Again, we just thank you for loving us through all things, Lord. Help us to be strong in truth and wisdom. Lord, help us to find time to hear that good preaching, that good teaching, and to be in your word so that we have wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.